Welcome to Real Life, the program that talks about the life of real estate in the Hamptons and beyond. The people, the places, and the things that are the pulse and heartbeat of real estate with your host, broker associate of Sotheby's International Realty, John Christopher. Welcome back to Real Life, and this is John Christopher. And today I have as my guest, Mayor of Sag Harbor Village, Kathleen Mulcahy. Hi, Kathleen. How are you? I'm great, John. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Before we start, Kathleen, I just want to remind the villagers of Sag Harbor to make sure they vote this coming Tuesday, the 15th. And I'm I'm inviting you on, not necessarily to talk politics, but to talk real estate. Right. And we have some real real estate issues. For example, what's going on with Bay Street uh, Theater? So um, Bay Street, as most people know, bought the um, 7-Eleven complex and hoped to build their theater there, which I, for one, think is a great idea. I think it's um, a good place for them. Bay Street has never had a permanent home. They've always been on five-year leases over in the Malloy building, and he wouldn't give them any longer than that. So they needed a permanent home. I think that that space is wonderful. I think that their architect will come up with something that will look really great on our park and will make an addition to the park and make it all work nicely. We aren't there yet, um, but we will, I do believe, get there within the zoning codes and get something that will make everyone happy. Well, you know, I think it's such a great attraction, especially for the village. I mean, uh, Bay Street has been, you know, like in the forefront of theater and it's a great place to go. I've seen the productions. They're yeah. fabulous. And uh, the whole idea of them being able to do that, I think that's a great location. Um, yep. But now, It's a huge economic it, driver for the village, um, yeah, both exactly. in the summer and more importantly in the winter. You know, think right. about the Nancy Atlas concerts and the right. jazz nights and stages. I mean, how many times did, uh, did we all, were we all there for stages? Yes, we were, <laughs> especially my daughter, Kira. Right? Yeah. No, Kara so, and Carrie were on that stage from the time they were six until teenagers. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But what what is this? I just read uh, recently that uh, they're looking also at Southampton Theater, the movie theater. There are not everyone in the village is quite as excited about Bay Street as I am or you are or most of the residents. There are some people who don't believe that they should take that piece of property. Um, and think they should build somewhere else. There is no other piece of property at the moment that is available that they could build on and be big enough. And um, so they are afraid that if the election does not swing my way, they may have more trouble. So they have to be looking. It's their fiduciary responsibility to look at. I see. Oh, that's interesting. I think uh, also, would that open up parking for uh over there, I mean, for theater goers, because it's a little difficult, you know, parking on uh, the waterfront Long Wharf. Right. So um, we don't know where, um, again, we don't know what the, what size theater is going in or anything else. So we don't know how we're going to deal with parking. The National Grid lot, which is the long-term parking lot for Sag Harbor, did go up for sale about a year ago. Um, Bay Street was also looking at that before they bought the 7-Eleven property as a potential place for their theater. The um, National Grid then decided that given the 
gas plumes that still may or may not be underground that they were not comfortable selling, that their lawyers were not comfortable with them selling the property. So they did a long-term lease and said that you can't build very deep on that. Hmm. So it sort of takes it out as an opportunity for the theater. It does make a great parking lot. Um, the only problem is that people are not allowed to own or operate a parking lot in the village unless it's as part of their prop their property where they have a building. They cannot just open uh. a parking lot. So um, we're in negotiations with Bay Street to see what we're going to do about that and how we make it work for First and foremost, the residents of Sag Harbor to keep some public parking, keep some long-term parking, which is very important for our employees, and then see if, um, you know, how we make some parking for Bay Street Theater. But again, we don't know what size theater they're going to end up with, so we don't know where we're going. Are that's any, all up to the any, plan zoning. Oh, that's that's great. Are there any, like, um, code restrictions on to the, the size of the theater? Yes. So we're, we're trying to pass a new waterfront zoning. You know, when, um, when the previous administrations allowed Bialski um, to build his three condos there, that's now worth about $60 million at $20 million each, roughly. Right. Um, plus they had Southampton paid $10 million for Steinbeck Park that we will somehow put another $4 million in to make it look beautiful. They really raised the value of real estate over there. Correct. Um, so we looked at that and we saw a lot of things suddenly going on the market, the national grid, the 7-Eleven. Um, you know, it is only a matter of time before Long Wharf goes on the market. So we put together the waterfront zoning code. We are introducing it Tuesday night, this coming Tuesday night. The election is a week from Tuesday. Um, but we're introducing the code that will limit waterfront properties to 25 feet height with a bonus exception of one more story or 35 feet, but that has to be stepped back. And if you get that 35 feet, you must give public access walkway along your waterfront. So one of the goals of the local waterfront revitalization plan, the LWRP, has always been to have a continuous walkway from, in a, in a really perfect world, Havens Beach, all the way to the far side of B Dock and C Dock. That would be wonderful. That was that possible. Be <laughs> yeah, it'd be great. So we're, we are we're going to start on one from Long. You know, we just finished Long Wharf. We're hoping to start on one from Long Wharf through the front of the park. Um, depending on where Bay Street ends up, we're going to get, you know, walkway out there. Unfortunately, we did not get that public access within the condos, but we do have it in the house next door. And then as, um, as property changes, we'll continue that walkway down, but it would be a really beautiful, wonderful thing to have happen. And we Absolutely. will yeah. in the long term. Good. But I like that, that attitude. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> that's one of the that's really one of the best parts about that. The other best part, and this is not maybe the best part for real estate agents, but it's certainly the best part for the village, is that there will be no more condos or private residences of any sort on our waterfront in the commercial area. Oh, interesting. So the, the current ones that are there, that's it, right? That's it. Okay. It probably makes it worth even more. But, you know, it's sad because the people who are buying these things are not here as 12-month residents. Right. They're here for a few months, maybe a few weeks. If you have that kind of money, you probably have six houses around the world. 
And now we're going to have three big black boxes on our waterfront all winter long. And it's just sad. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Um, so uh, John Steinbeck Waterfront uh, Park uh, recently celebrated a milestone. What was that? We raised $400,000. We, um, we put up a website in about January or February of this year. And we have sold various parts um, with naming rights and the like. And please, more people go to Save Sag Harbor. Go, I'm sorry, go to the Sag Harbor Partnership or go to the SagHarborMY.gov site. Click on the links for Steinbeck Park and please donate to our park. We need to raise a lot of money for it. But once we do, it's going to be magnificent. I bet. Now, what's some of that money going to? I, obviously, landscaping, but. I mean, right away, it's going to landscaping, it's going to an irrigation system, it's going to topography, and it's going to this walkway that we talk about. Ah, uh, okay. So those yeah. will be the immediate things. Long term, there will be sort of a dining pavilion or an area where chairs can be that you can get takeout food from the restaurants around and bring it over. And hopefully there'll be sort of a stage down on the waterfront and a little amphitheater with flat rocks, you know, a natural amphitheater to be able to see a concert or just sit and watch the sunset because it is the most magnificent sunset in Sag Harbor is sitting in that park. That's true. That is so true. But I love that idea of the amphitheater. That's great. Yeah. 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 That's why I didn't hear about that. So that's good. Now, okay, we're wrapping up this term with you, but I mean, is there any legislations that, you know, that are on the books now that you really like that you feel like, wow, this is great. This I want, once I come back in, I'll make sure this happens. Well, certainly the waterfront zoning, that is, um, I've spent a, an awful lot of time, but then we've also done some really great environmental things and we're going to keep working on them. We did limit uh, leaf blowers to certain times and hopefully we're going to come back and just get rid of the gas leaf blowers once and for all. Yeah, I was just going to say, is that uh, on the books? Because that's one thing that, uh, you know, now they have the electric and the principle right. is like nothing. Yeah. So we, um, you know, we did limit them. You can't leaf blow uh, commercially. You can only leaf blow during the week and only until 5 p.m. And on the weekends, a homeowner can leaf blow, but not pa not before 10 and not after one on Saturdays. Wow, so that's great. <laughs> we're taking baby steps, but we can take bigger steps. That is um, great. Yeah. That, no, that's fabulous. Um, I was just thinking, um, you know, one of the things that a lot of people have talked about is like having real estate agents being on boards. Uh, do you have any thoughts about that? Um, you know, I, I think it always depends on the real estate agent. I've, um, you know, I've been a real estate agent as mayor for two years. Didn't make quite the money that most of the other agents made in the past two years because I was a little busy with village stuff. But um, but. I do a tiny bit. I did one rental within the village this year for an old, old friend that I've done for years, but I don't see, I never see a conflict. And if there is a right. conflict, we all work with enough people that we can hand things over. I was on the uh, Harbor committee and uh, you know, it's the same thing that, uh, um, yeah. you know, a lot of people don't realize that, you know, the volunteering, they don't volunteer. So, you know, just because you're selling real estate and you, you, you're trying to help the community and you volunteer to a committee, um, I don't see the conflict either, you know? Right. 
I don't think it is. I think some people use it as a conflict and we just have to continually watching that and be careful. But I don't think it is. And I think honestly, probably no one knows our land uses and our codes as well as seasoned real estate agents, especially comes down to the historic district and other places. So we bring a lot of knowledge to to our roles, whether we're on the boards or on the board of trustees or as a mayor. Right. Excellent. Um, what project would you like to see completed and uh, implemented in 2021? I would love to see the sewage treatment plan expanded. Um, we are, we've just gotten grants on the East Hampton side. We're hoping to get a grant on the Southampton side where we can do the engineering studies and then we can start. It won't be completed in 21, but if we can get a shovel on the ground by the end of my second term, that would be fabulous. The more we can get out of septic systems, <coughs> excuse me, the better. Right. I also would like to see, um, everyone on our waterfront trying to put in the IA systems and I will help them by bringing an expediter in here at Village Hall who can help them with the paperwork. Well, aren't there grants also for putting... Tremendous grants. It's just finding the paperwork to apply for the grants is overwhelming. I've tried twice and you have to throw my hands up in the air. But um, if we had... Is that convoluted? Well, you know, you have to find your survey and you have to find your certificate of occupancy and you have to find your deed and all those things. And people don't look for those until they're ready to sell their house or whatever. But um, so if we had somebody here who could help them find all those things and then work with them and one of the septic companies to go out and get grants, if we could get even even 60 to 80% of all the waterfront houses on an IA system, our coves and bays would see a visible major change for the better. I agree. I agree. Uh, it's, it's so true because uh, a lot of people say it's the runoff, but I don't think it's a runoff. I think it's more of the septic system. We have runoff issues too. I would love to see, um, you know, down in the North Carolina barrier islands and in Maryland, they insist that your hardscape be pervious. So your driveways and your walkways and your pool aprons and et cetera, all be pervious so that the rainwater has somewhere to go. Right. As we build these bigger houses on our small lots, and then we put a pool in to boot, and then we put a big you know, concrete apron around that pool and a blacktop driveway so the kids can play basketball. There's nowhere for our rainwater to go. It's so true. it all has to run down and into the bay and pick up oil and dirt and dog and geese you got and it. else along yeah. the way. Listen, I, I wish you all the luck. And I just want to say, how can people, if they have any questions, how can they get in contact with you? They can get in contact with me at kmmsagharbor at gmail.com. If they want to know more about my campaign or if they just want to get in touch with me as a mayor, they can write me at kmulkahey at sagharbornny.gov. Kathleen McCauley, it's been a pleasure having you on the program. This is John Christopher for Real Life, broadcasting on the only NPR station on Long Island, WLIW 88.3 FM. We'll be right back after this short intermission. Welcome back to Real Life, and this is your host, John Christopher. And today I have with me 
Vice President of Lending at Quantic Bank, Frank Milia. Hey, Frank, how are you today? I'm doing well, John. How are you? Great, great, great. Before we talk about uh, you know so, the the bad rap that reverse mortgages have gotten in the past, and neo banks being disruptors, and some of the mortgage myths in banking, I want to ask you, how was the mortgage business for you in the last fifteen months? Um, interesting. <laughs> um, I like that word. Okay. Like all of us, yeah, like all of us have, have witnessed in the real estate industry. Um, you know, once COVID uh, took place, you know, when the pandemic, you know, basically shut down a lot of in, you know, face to face and going into the office, um, you know, our bank shifted. Uh, we were prepared. We've always had all of our employees uh, with home based computers and home based printers. There was just the CEO's philosophy from years ago. Um, and then banking took off, you know, when uh, there's uncertainty, uh, the real estate market, obviously. Uh, is getting strong in certain geographic areas. You know, people are leaving certain areas of the metropolitan area, um, you know, due to a lot of the uh, things they've witnessed or gone through during COVID. Um, interest I- rates uh, took a dive, uh, right. you know, based on a lot of the uncertainty in the financial markets, uh, more particularly the bond market. Um, you know, they've inflation's creeping up now. Uh, but, you know, if you go back to last summer or last spring, you know, uh, 30-year fixed interest rates, you know, hit historic lows once again, like they did back in the 08, 09 crisis. Um, And a lot of people took advantage of it. You know, we've helped a lot of families and a lot of families should, and your listeners should speak to their bankers um, and see if, uh, you know, you can consolidate high interest rate debt, buy a new home. Um, And, um, you know, banking's been busy, to say the least. That's great, uh, you know, because I thought just on the contrary. But I guess when you said people are moving out of the market, can you sometimes provide them with uh, uh, mortgages? In other words, if they're moving out of New York, because you know there's uh, an outflux of people moving from New York to uh, more tax uh, advantage states. Absolutely, we are a federal chartered bank. Uh, we're based in New York City. I run the Melville Long Island office. Uh, and, you know, in Quantic Bank has been around now for uh, 14 years. Uh, we're A-plus rated and we're federally chartered. So we have all 50 states and we are getting a lot of people moving down to Florida, like you said, for uh, um, better taxation states um, and for numerous reasons just to get out of the Northeast. Uh, but we can help people relocate. Um, we educate them. We tell them exactly how all the programs work. Um, and we're pretty in tune with most of these states. We I do a lot of financing around the country. So. Uh, it's a little different when you step out of side of New York with closings, um, but um, we're here to help and uh, we can help people in all 50 states. Oh, that's great. Then, uh, when you say federally chartered, what does that uh, entail? Federally chartered just means we are an FDIC bank, so we do have deposits. Um, but when you're federally chartered, you're under federal charter rules and laws, which simply mean that um, we, we're not state mandated. We're mandated by the state with banking guidelines. So we get the blueprint of all 50 states. Uh, we have to do federal licensing and, feder- and follow federal guidelines on banking laws. Um, but we're just chartered uh, federally. Uh, so the OCC uh, is the governing body that overlooks the federal chartered banks. And also we get audited by federal, the federal government uh, continuously. Uh, so, you know, when you work with a federally chartered bank, um, in my opinion, you know, most of them pass muster because uh, they're constantly audited and, um, you know, the books are open to the federal government, basically. 
Wow. Um, since inventory is at an all-time low, has that affected your business because to, to do uh, mortgages? Uh, yeah, for a lot of the buyers, you know, we re, we do we help people with refinancing, cash out, and a lot of purchases, obviously. Uh, so yeah, it has affected, and it's affected the the uh, the buying uh, marketplace. Um, you know, I help a lot of young families purchasing their first home here on the island, as well as people maybe buying second homes, you know, in the Hamptons and Montauk. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know, it, it's a it's a it's a you know it's a seller's market still. Uh, rates are down, so people are purchasing homes, but. Uh, some get discouraged just because uh, they, they're outbid, you know, a lot of bidding on these uh, home prices right now. Um, but, um, you know, we're helping families. Uh, just some families aren't finding the homes that they want or they're being outbid. So uh, some I actually had a conversation this morning with a young family and some of them are just putting it on pause right now. They're just going to wait and see if the market corrects or or adjusts. Um, but there is some frustration. With the buyer Do you have any, any advice to, to someone that's uh, out there looking and, and needs to get a mortgage? Because I know out here uh, we get all cash offers and that that just means there's no contingency for the, the, the cash. A lot of times, you know, uh, the buyer will go and get the mortgage, but doesn't necessarily have to predicate it upon getting the mortgage. Um, do you have any advice to give to any of these uh, buyers? Well, cash is great. Cash is king. Uh, cash buyers are great for the industry. Uh, there's no contingencies. doesn't hold up the transaction. Um, but speak to your local bankers. You know, we're here to help if anybody needs help. Um, but speak to your local banker. Uh, some banks are inundated. You know, be careful, though. Some, day, some banks right now are so inundated with refinances uh, that they've raised their interest rates. Uh, as weird as that sounds, some local banks, I find, have raised their interest rates to discourage people from coming in for mortgages. You know, they're still doing banking services, deposits investment services. Um, but, you know, the local credit unions, the local banks, uh, we're a local bank and, uh, you know, we do pre-quals, pre, pre-approvals all day long. Um, and I want people to, you know, I want buyers to understand the marketplace. Um, you know, uh, there's a big tax assessment going on right now on the island. So taxes can be affected either for the positive or, or be lowered. Um, and to just know your purchasing power, know how much you can afford. Um, and if you are going to finance some of the transaction out east, like you said, it's not going to be. Um, I'm getting some people that normally would pay cash, let's say, for a three to five million dollar market. Right. Um, maybe look, looking for a million dollar mortgage just to keep cash on the sidelines in case if they need it because of the uncertainty in the economy right now. Um, but just speak to your local bankers, uh, credit unions or where available if needed. Um, and just work with someone that you can get in touch with and uh, explains things uh, easily um and uh you know is available when you need them great great so uh, i want to talk about some of the myths out there mortgage myths so do you need a 20 percent down payment great question um you know historically i've been in the mortgage space now for 25 years and uh you know i've always heard 20 percent uh it's 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 the average that people do put down when they buy their first home um, but with new guidelines uh with conventional loans fha loans as well as jumbos, mm-hmm. um, you know, most banks can do transactions now uh, with three percent down. Uh, not just FHA, conventional, conforming Freddie Mac, you know, Fannie Mae loans. So, um, you know, the myth is come up with twenty percent. Uh, so that's out the window, more or less. And you know, you could do as little as three percent down. Um, you know, so you could do three percent, three percent, that's, uh, a, that's or pretty more. amazing. That is amazing. Yeah, no, you'll you'll pay some mortgage insurance premiums. Um, but listen, if homes continue to appreciate the way they have, 
Um, it might be a few years or maybe five to seven years. And then, you know, you'll have equity in the property and then you won't have to pay for mortgage insurance. Right. Um, but, you yeah, know, the 20 percent myth no longer exists. It's, well, you it's, know, it's, the reason I bring that up is that a lot of millennials and I, I think there was a program out there in the Midwest. Uh, one of the banks offered um, the ability millennials haven't saved money for a down payment. They have the money. They're, they're making the money. But unfortunately, they don't have savings. And so when you say you can get a, uh, a house with 3% down, that's, that's pretty phenomenal. And you can receive a gift. Yeah. So I agree with you wholeheartedly, my, uh, John, um, you know, uh, young millennials or, uh, any young or any first time home buyer, sometimes the biggest hurdle is that down payment, um, gifts from family members. There are grants out there. Nassau and Suffolk County actually is getting money from the federal government with some of this uh, stimulus money and this infrastructure plan that's proposed. And in that plan are some grant programs that people do have to qualify. Um, but like I said, work with your local bankers. Uh, we're very in tune with what's available. Um, but there are ways uh, to either get grants or down, or savings, like you said, or gifts for the down payment. Let me um, pay off their student loans before they, they think about uh, getting involved in purchasing a, a home. That's a good question. I mean, you know, right now uh, we keep hearing that, uh, you know, um, the, the administration uh, is looking to maybe forgive um, student loans. Uh, so, you know, when I speak to young um, college grads and people that are holding a lot of student debt, you know, the verdict's out. They don't know what to do because they say, you know, I, I'm holding a, a government backed student loan. Those are the ones that will be forgiven possibly. So they're, they're hesitant to pay them off. Um, but, you know, I look at the whole financial picture, John, when I sit down with a, a, a family or a couple or a person looking to buy a home, I, you know, I, I started on Wall Street 30 years ago uh, and I still wear that hat somewhat, meaning, you know, I try to gather all the information, see what type of liquidity they have, see how much they have, you know, after the closing. Um, and yes, yeah, sometimes it makes sense to pay off the student loans and sometimes it doesn't. No. Um, but lately I have had a lot of families and, and individuals contact us. And they are paying off that student loan debt because they're they're refinancing it at two three percent rates, and interest you know on mortgages is tax deductible. So sometimes uh, it makes more sense. Right, and maybe the uh, the salt uh, will be uh, uh, revised. You know. Yes, uh, we've heard of that proposal as well. So hopefully the salt comes back, right. you'll get you know a larger deduction if you exactly. itemize. Exactly. Uh, okay. So what about uh, people shopping for the lowest rates when they're uh, out uh, looking for a mortgage? Well, you know, the internet has changed everything. Uh, people go online. Um, the only thing I can say is beware. Um, I, I work with, on, uh, we're online. You know, we uh, go through, we have our bank on certain websites, um, lower your rates, you know, bank rate. Uh, we're one of the top bank banks on bankrate.com. Right now we get a five-star rating. Uh, so we do provide uh, some of the lowest rates, but, you know, some non-brick and mortar banks that are digital or just, you know, they have no branch offices anymore. Uh, some of them offer lower rates. Um, but I've told everybody that I've worked with since I started in this business 25 years ago, be comfortable who you're working with. Everyone should be within a, an eighth or a quarter of the pre prevailing rate. Um, but some banks do offer lower rates to capture business. And like I said earlier, some banks are raising rates because they don't want the business. Um, just be, be aware of where the market is. And if you're within an eighth of a quarter of that, you know, work with the person that you think is best. Yeah. It, I guess it comes down to, uh, the rapport. If you have a good rapport with uh, people, it's like, uh, working with agents. I always say the same thing. It's who you, 
uh, feel comfortable with. And who's available? Sometimes they need, uh, you know, first time home buyers need us, you know, on the weekends and in, in, in the evenings. Um, and, and, also commit, and also loan commitments. Yeah. You know, some banks, I, I, I look at the whole banking industry. I'm a banker. So I work with a lot of bankers in the industry because we have niche products here at my bank. Um, and some banks and some credit unions right now, they're 120 days out for a loan commitment. You know, it's difficult when it's a Six seller's months. market right. and the sellers are anxious to sell. Right. So, you know, you have to look at a little bit more than just interest rates. But you do have to be aware of where the rates are. Right. Now, I know a lot of people uh, do LLCs, you know, when they buy a house, you know, for liability reasons. Can they be uh, financed an LLC? Traditional bank guidelines say no. So traditional banking guidelines that most banks and credit unions follow say no. An individual or, or two individuals or a joint account. Um, but LLCs, corporations are not allowed because they're entities. Uh, our bank actually allows it. We have a portfolio loan series, which just means it's our proprietary loans. We allow LLCs. We allow S-Corps, C-Corps. Uh, we actually allow revocable trusts, irrevocable trusts, which is unique. Um, and on our portfolio loan series, we actually offer some uh, very light income check. If you have great credit and you're putting down more than 25%, um, odds are we won't ask you for tax returns and a lot of income docs. Wow. So that's usually advantageous to some self-employed business owners as well. Right. It sounds it. Um, if people have any questions for you, Frank, how, how can we get in touch with you? You can reach me locally, toll-free, comes right to my bank, to my desk. It's 888-954-7463. Once again, it's 888-954-7463. Frank, it's been a delight having you on the program. And this is John Christopher, Real Life, broadcasting here in Southampton, New York on WLIW 88.3 FM, the only NPR station on Long Island. And thanking you for taking the time to listen to Real Life. And don't forget, have an awesome journey. You have been listening to Real Life, the program that talks about the people, the places, and the things that are the pulse and heartbeat of real estate in the Hamptons and beyond with host John Christopher, who also created the music for Real Life. WLIWFM's Delaney Hafner and Kyle Lynch provide production support. Thank you for joining us for Real Life, right here on listener-supported 88.3 WLIW-FM, Long Island's only NPR station, which you can also find on your favorite streaming apps and at WLIW.org radio.